Ladies and gentlemen, it feels so good to hear that song play once again. We took last week off, but we're sliding back in to home plate today. Hopefully, it's just like riding a bike. My name is Jumpin' Jay. This is 80s Wrestling, the podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, my tag team partner, the engine that keeps 80s wrestling rolling down the tracks, Tommy Fierro. Tommy, how are you, brother? I love that. Listen, man, I'm excited (laughs) for today because last week we didn't do a show. The week before that, we had a co-host, guest co-host, Matt, the voice from ISPW filling in for you. So it's been a number of weeks before I've since I've got to sit across the microphone for you, from you. So I'm so happy to be talking with you this morning, Tommy. Have, have, you, have you missed me, Jay? I've missed you. I've missed you. My, there's been a, an emptiness in my life for the past three weeks. But we are back <laughs> this morning with 80s Wrestling, the podcast. How's everything in New Jersey? Well, as, as good as possible. I know that you mentioned here on the, the podcast uh, two weeks ago, my, my father passed away uh, shortly after 80s Wrestling Con. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the last few weeks have been real challenging. And, and then also from the convention, I had so many mail-in orders that people sent in to get stuff signed, their autographed pictures and stuff like that. So, like, you know, right after the convention is when, you know, you know, my dad was in the hospital before that, but then things got worse after the convention. And then I didn't want him doing anything that week. And then my dad passed away and I started the, the following week, I didn't do anything. So I'm just now. I'm just starting getting back on track, starting to get orders out and getting the ball rolling again. Trying to uh, work on getting some signings here in the store in the next month or two, and other live events. Working on stuff. We actually have three ISPW shows in June, so it will be a, a busy month for ISPW in June. Uh, June the 11th, we're actually doing uh, Totowa Day. Totowa, New Jersey, is actually the home of the ISPW Arena, and they're doing a big outdoor uh, day celebrating their town and there's going to be, you know, all vendors there selling merchandise and food and little bounty houses and stuff for kids. And I know there's going to be uh, uh, some other fun stuff, bull, uh, mechanical bull riding. So ISPW is actually going to be headlining Totowa Day and we're going to put on the show and that's going to be free for everyone. Uh, so I'm excited because it's a good opportunity to get a, a lot of new eyes that live in that area on ISPW and try and you know, convert some of those eyes to you know, paying customers in the future. So we got that on June the 11th. The following week, June the 17th, we're going to be in Cedar Grove High School in Cedar Grove, New Jersey. And that's going to be a fundraiser for the Cedar Grove uh, Cub Scouts, Pack 838. And then the following uh, Friday, we have another ISPW show on June the 24th, and that's going to be ISPW Summerfest. And that's going to be in Butler, New Jersey, at St. Anthony's Church Gym. The main event for that one is going to be the superstar, Danny Morrison, with Maven defending the ISPW World Heavyweight title against Tommy Dreamer. So uh, that's, a, that's a big match for us. So yeah, we, have a, we have a busy month planned for ISPW in June. And like I said, just getting back on track and uh, catching up and, and starting to try and get stuff rolling in the store and uh, the months leading into the summer as well. Sounds like you've got a lot on your plate, and I would encourage you, if you hadn't yet, if you have a few minutes, you should go back and listen to the show from two weeks ago because I'm telling you, Tommy, everybody that called in, they passed their heartfelt condolences and well wishes on to you and your family. Uh, and so if you ever need to pick me up, that show would be a good one to listen to because people were really sending their love your way. I appreciate that, man. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to go back and, 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 and check that out. Uh, I'll put that on the store during the week. Also, I wanted to make mention also, uh, anyone that's on social media, please be sure to follow the last match. I know that we talked about this in the past here on the, the podcast. The last match is going to be a rock musical that I'm working on with a, an extremely talented uh, producer and uh, I'm going to give you the Instagram address right now. So everyone that's on Instagram, I'm going to pull it out so I have it right in front of me. And you're going to type in the last, the last match musical. That's the 
Last Match Musical. All one word on, on Instagram. Please be a lot of updates on there in the upcoming weeks and months ahead. Uh, there's a cool picture on there right now with me with some of the, the cast uh, of Last Match. So uh, that's the, their latest uh, post that they did. So just go to The Last Match Musical on Instagram and give them a follow and we'll be uh, updating that in the near future as well. But yeah, man, back to business. We have a, a, a cool topic today. Uh, Jay picked it and I dig it. I think it's going to be a fun discussion. There's a lot, a lot of moving parts in this episode. It's going to be Royal Rumble 1990, which was, we'll get into a minute, Jay, the star power in this one is just absolutely out of, out of this world. This was a great year if you were a fan of professional wrestling, especially in the World Wrestling Federation. Because like you said, the star power involved in this pay-per-view is absolutely incredible. This was the third time that the World Wrestling Federation has put on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view. And before we jump into the conversation, we got a caller on hold already. But before we jump in, Tommy, you and I are just going to lay back for about two minutes. I'm going to play the original intro from the 1990 Royal Rumble done as only Vince McMahon can do it. There's a slow rumble in the background. You got Vince McMahon's iconic voice. Just listen to the names that are involved on this pay-per-view. And when that intro ends, we're going to jump into the conversation with a caller, but sit back and get transported back to 1990. It's time to rumble! Amazing. <laughs> I tell you Is what, man, that... talk about star, talk about star power. I mean, woof. we don't, there's, there's nothing else that we can say. I mean, you just heard Vince McMahon rattle off all those names. I mean, the, the star power of that alone, I mean, that right there should just, I mean, if you're comparing today's wrestling to, to, to then, I mean, that's a perfect example. You look at that Royal Rumble, it's star studded from, uh, from, from top to bottom where, you know, nowadays, you know, you get, four or five stars in a, in a, in a 30 man match. And yeah, just, and that's, again, that's, we, we can always have these, you know, these discussions for other episodes talking about the difference between now and then, but I mean, right there, that, that shows it. That the names, like you could not, if you sat down with a pad and paper and I asked you to name off the wrestlers you remember from this time period, they're all there. Like there's not a single one that you're like, who? I don't remember him. What? These are all guys that made an impact in the world of professional wrestling, especially if you were a young child watching at this 
moment in time. And so it's absolutely incredible. We're going to jump into today's conversation by taking a short flight to the West Coast and checking in with our friend, Brian the Brain. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, guys. Uh, Tommy, it's great to have you back and hear your voice again. How are you? Hey, How's man, your family you. doing? Uh, as, as, be- as best as we could, man. I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, it's it's not an easy thing to go through. And uh, my condolences to all you guys out there. Um, Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, definitely. And Jay, it's great to hear you again. Uh, last week, didn't hear you guys, but uh, it's great to have you back. Um, the Royal Rumble 90, I was... Uh, uh, I was 15, and uh, the undercard was a little underwhelming to me at the time, but it was all about that uh, uh, prelude to WrestleMania and the build, and it set up a couple things. Um, the the biggest, of course, was uh, Warrior and, and Hogan clashing in the middle of the ring, and then, you know, each of them, I think, got out six guys, and nobody else uh, got out more than two, and you got... 17 hall of famers in this thing um the like say the the undercard was uh, a little underwhelming to me i remember at the time the comedy aspect of the bushwhackers and the rougeos uh was uh it was uh, you know it was what it was and then uh the ronnie garvin valentine match with the submission went a little long um and the making faces and stuff with the with garvin and the shin guard action um that yeah that that was there but the the rumble itself especially that those first 10 or 12 guys when you started getting dibiase and roddy piper and randy savage and jake the snake all in at once that was uh that was where you really started feeling it and then uh, uh the crescendo of uh hogan and uh warrior clashing when they got everybody else out of the ring and and really just setting up that WrestleMania six main event that was, that was where it was really apt for me. Um, I, you could kind of see the writing on the wall towards the end when, when Hogan was, uh, in there, you're like, Oh, looks like Hulk's going to take this thing. And, and he did, which, which, uh, I understand the booking. They got him, uh, uh, more powerful before he ended up losing the belt to, to warrior at WrestleMania six. But, uh, but also setting up uh, uh, Piper and Bad News Brown, um, Piper eliminating Brown, and then standing there with his back to uh, to ringside and Brown pulling his hair and getting him over the top. That was uh, that was the, the setup for WrestleMania six for those two. So uh, a little disappointed in the way he went out, but I I loved like I say that early on part of the match with. Uh, Savage and Jake and Roddy and and Ted DiBiase, just four pillars of wrestling in there, uh, kind of teaming up in ways that you wouldn't always expect back then. So, um, what are your guys' thoughts on the on the Rumble? I know you guys were a little younger than me and probably a little bit bigger Hulkamaniacs than me. Uh, so I, I don't know what you guys uh, you guys probably excitement level on on twenty for that one. Uh, Jay, you can go first if you want. Well, I'll say if we're if we're gonna jump and talk about the main event, the Royal Rumble match itself, this was the third installment of this pay per view. The first Royal Rumble was won by Jim Duggan, N- taking nothing away from Jim Duggan. I love Duggan, but he's not what I would call your main event superstar. The next year, it's won by Big John Studd. Again, taking nothing away from Stud, he's a stud, but he's not the Hulk Hogan-type character. The third installment, to have Hulk Hogan go over and win the Royal Rumble, like you said, Brian, I'm a huge Hulkamaniac, so I was thrilled with the final result. Now, Hogan came in at entrance spot number 25, so he didn't have to last a long time. But if you look at Ted DiBiase, who drew number one, and he was upset about having drawn number one. He lasts nearly 45 minutes. And so when you have superstars like Ted DiBiase, Jake the Snake, Savage, Piper, you had Bret Hart and Dusty Rhodes all in the first 10 coming to the ring, as a kid, like, it doesn't get any better than that. You watch this pay-per-view for the Royal Rumble match, and this one 
did not disappoint. It's always thrilling as a fan to see that timer count down, who's coming next. And what I love about the Royal Rumbles is they were used to either further a storyline or plant a seed for a storyline. So you knew when a certain wrestler was coming down to the ring, if they were feuding with somebody who was already in the ring, you knew they were going to make a beeline right for that person. At this time, Andre the Giant and Haku are the tag team champions. They beat Demolition for the belts. Andre comes in at number 11. The minute Axe from Demolition comes in at 13, he goes right to Andre the Giant. Haku comes in next. He goes right for Axe. Smash happens to be next. That's just good booking to have those three right in a row. Smash goes right after the Colossal Connection as well. And so I'd love to see feuds play out inside the Rumble. Tommy, what's your take on the big match? Well, you hit that nail right on the head there, Jay. Uh, back then, they did a lot to further storylines. And not only that, but tell the current storylines that are going on. Like you just said, when you know Andre and Haku were out there in the ring, they were you know they were fighting with demolition. That that program was going on at that time, and you know you can look at other instances in the past, just other rumbles as well, where you know you know something so subtle will set up a big match for WrestleMania, like when Lawrence Taylor you know took Bam and Bigelow over the top rope of that one Royal Rumble, and that led to their match at WrestleMania. Now this one is is probably the biggest because. Uh, what happens here is they plant the seed for Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior for WrestleMania six, and it was really subtle the way they did it too, because the Barbarian and Rick Rude were involved in the elimination of the Warrior as well. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Hogan tipped it at the end, and that was the the, the factor that got Warrior over the top rope, and that right there planted the seed for what was going to be one of the biggest matches in the history of WrestleMania with two colossal baby faces going at it. But yeah, I mean, uh, they did such a great job. The booking back then for the Royal Rumbles, man, you go back and watch the older ones. I mean, they're just so spot on, like everything, like just gels so tremendously throughout the entire match. Like everything they set up, like all the little stories in between the rumble itself. And, and back then there were many, like you said, they would come out and they'd go right to the person they were currently feuding with just the timing of it and the way they paced it. Like I'm, I'm a big me working in wrestling and behind the scenes, something like that, my shows, like I'm a big, big, big fan of, you know, pacing and timing and like that stuff right there, man. Uh, they did it spot on um, almost seamlessly. I mean, it, 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 it's hard to do when there's 30 different, you know, elements in the match, but like they're just timing. And back then they're timing and uh, their pacing of, of the match itself was just, and the booking in between the whole thing is just uh, incredible. All right, as long as I got Tommy and Brian with me, we've referenced the Warrior Hogan thing a couple of times. So here's what I'm going to do. I have just a 37-second uh, 37 audio clip about when Hogan and Warrior realize they're the only two left in the ring. This is a pay-per-view that was a very rare pay-per-view to be called by Tony Schiavone. He's probably more famous for his work in WCW, but he's calling this one alongside a man who's probably best known for his appearance at 80s Wrestling Con, Jesse the Body Ventura. These two are calling the program. You guys sit back, Tommy and Brian. I'm going to play this 30-second clip, and then we're going to talk about what we felt in that moment, what our thoughts were in that moment. This is right when Warrior and Hogan realize they're the only two men in the ring. So that's before they even touched. They just turned and looked at each other. The crowd is going crazy. The announcers are selling it. Brian, I'm going to you first. What's your emotion at that moment? Where's your head at? 
Well, at the you know at the time you're just really uh, you're excited to see something different. Uh, for me, it's uh, you know I started watching mid '86, so Hulk's been on top basically with the uh, exception of getting screwed over by the uh, twin refs, twin refs in the uh, main event and having Savage take the belt for a year. He's pretty been pretty much been the top guy for you know the five years I've been watching. And so to see this this other guy that seems like he's possibly equal, and I got in the back of my head this feeling that he could do it if they'll let him. He could take the, the belt off Hulk. Super excited at the time. And so, uh, you know, you're finally getting to see – you had a, a hint of it. I want to say there was a, a Saturday night's main event where they had teamed and backed into each other against uh, – uh, the genius and perfect. I can't remember if that was right before or right after this, where you yep. got a hint of it. And then here you actually get to see it uh, come to fruition and, and see them, uh, uh, the, the double clothesline they ended up with, uh, where they both go down. But, uh, but yeah, you're, 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 they're really building it well and you're getting that adrenaline rush of, could this be, you know, the time for the, the passing of the torch? Were you, as a fan, for watching Hogan on top for, you said, about five years, were you ready for the torch to be passed? Were you ready for the tide to turn a little bit? I, I was ready. I mean, I I was, uh, you know, nothing. Hulk brought the business where it had never been before. And uh, as far as an entertainer, there's none better back then. Uh, you got to give him all the props in the world for building wrestling up to what it was. Um, and what it's become, but uh, but yeah, I was definitely at the time ready for the next big thing. And and Warrior, you'd been watching since you know summer of '87 if you're a WWF guy. And uh, and for me, that was I, I was just I was ready for him to to take the belt at WrestleMania six. And this was leading right up to you know hopes and dreams of being a Warrior fan at the time of of seeing it come to come to pass and you, in the back here, I don't know, even then in the back of my, of my mind, I thought this is the guy they're going to strap the rocket to. And, uh, and then like, like Tommy was talking about, they were so good at booking rack then that it's this back and forth where they, they have Hogan be the guy that, that wins us up and, and has the momentum more on his side at in the mania. And then warrior ends up, uh, getting the job done after what I feel is, you know, best match of his career at WrestleMania six. So, so yeah, at this time I'm, I'm just, they're, they're getting me psyched up to, for what's to come in the next few months. All right, Tommy, awesome, I'm man. coming to you. I, I know as a booker, Tommy, you like to book things that hit people in the fields, something that they walk away shaking their head going, I can't believe what I just saw. I wonder what's going to happen next. This is definitely one of those moments. What is a young Tommy Fierro thinking at this moment? And then looking back with all the life experience that you have on the other side of pro wrestling, what do you think about it now looking back at the booking decision? First, give me young Tommy, then give me not so young Tommy's opinion. All right. Uh, young Tommy was obviously shocked, probably like young Jay and young Brian were as well. I mean, at the time, there wasn't really, you know, it was baby faces against tails back then, especially in the, the 80s. Every once in a blue moon, they would give you a, a good guy versus a good guy match. And when they did it, it always meant something because you, you're just not used to seeing that. Same thing with Hale versus Hale. Like you, 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 you barely ever saw that as well. So as a young kid who is a, a huge Hulkamaniac and is also a, a huge fan of the Ultimate Warrior, the first thing you're thinking is, wow, this is crazy. This is a dream match I never thought. I would be able to see this in my entire life. And then two, you got to, you know, you're deciding who you're going to take between Hogan and Warrior. And I know Jay busts my chops all the time about this because I was a Hulkamaniac and I won't be Hulkamaniac Warner in this one. I, I just think even back then as a kid, uh, my, my, my brain was maybe uh, wired a little differently than everyone else's because I was ready. I was ready for a, a, a change. I wanted to see what it would, how cool it would be to have Ultimate Warrior in that spot that Hulk Hogan was for all those years. So even as a kid, maybe, I was thinking as far as a, a promoter goes. But now looking back on it, um, I mean, you couldn't have you couldn't have booked it any better than the way they did. 
that subtle, subtle, subtle little thing in the ultimate, uh, the, the Royal Rumble, and then the, that tag team match as well. Like, it was just like perfect booking. Like, and it was simple booking. You didn't have to do 25,000 things back then to make it mean something. Like, that's, that's what's, uh, again, I'm getting the, talking about what's missing today from, from back then, but you were able to tell a story so much easier back then. And again, I know uh, the majority of it is because, you know, there's, there's no, you know, there was no social media back then. There's no internet. There was no way of really finding out what was going to happen unless you were inside the wrestling business and, and, and knew uh, someone or, 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 or found out about a wrestling newsletter in the late eighties from, you know, that Meltzer did or whatever. But I mean, for the most part, you know, there was no way of, 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 of stuff leaking back then. And, and I think that element of surprise is a, a, a huge reason why this worked so well. And guys, and I'll go back to you and correct me if you're wrong. I think that the element of, uh, of not knowing what was going to happen made this match so more appealing because now to say, you know, the two biggest baby faces uh, and today, whoever, whoever they are, they go at it. I mean, you're going you're gonna to see stuff online. You're going to see stuff, all the different websites reporting stuff. It's like thing, nothing is, can really be kept hidden that well anymore. I mean, sometimes they, 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 they get one on you. But I think that that element of not having the newsletters and the social media and all that back then played into the factor of this is a, a marquee, can't miss, holy shit moment. Definitely. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah. Def- definitely. Hey, uh, I'll let you guys get to some other callers, but I also want to say today is the 35-year uh, anniversary of the actual title change for the Honky Tonk Man beating the uh, beating Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. So you are a your, knowledge, uh, Brian. Well, uh, just keep yeah, <laughs> try to keep track of some stuff, and and uh, that one was shocking to me. Um, but uh you know it's it, it's where it went and and uh mainly i was just a little disappointed to see steamboat not to have a little bit longer title run but uh that was one of the big shockers of my uh wrestling uh, uh childhood was 35 years ago they they broadcast it like 11 days later but uh but this is the day it actually happened as honky tonk man went in the world or the uh, intercontinental title so um Hope you guys uh, talk to Danny and Toto with Tom, and I uh, hope you have a great week. And uh, thanks again for having me on here and uh, and bringing this uh, entertainment to us. Thank you, brother. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, Brian. Enjoy the weekend. We don't call him the brain for nothing, Tommy. The Jay, man is, is a walking, talking encyclopedia. Is anyone on right now? Because if not, I have a fun game we can play. There's nobody on right now. It's just you and I. Okay, I was playing a, I was playing a game one day last week with one of my friends in the wrestling business, and what we were doing was we were naming a wrestler, and on a scale of one to ten, we'd give them a rating. Now, keep in mind, this is everything from the money they drew to their charisma to their interview skills. I mean, the overall package, everything, everything. So it, it, you could be the greatest worker in the world, but if you can't talk a lick, there's no way you can get a 10. I'm sorry. So this is complete, total package, what you rate this wrestler on a scale of 1 to 10. And I'm going to do is there's so many legends in this, this Royal Rumble here. I, I'm in front of my list of all 30 of them. So I figured we real quickly we'll go down just to see how, how me and you are wired differently. I'll have you go first on them. And I'll give you give me your ranking, and then I'll I'll tell you if I agree or disagree, and what my number would be. So let's okay, so let's start 10, off. Ten is the top. Ten is ten the top. Ten's the top. And if I give somebody an eight, can somebody else also be an eight, or like eight is off oh, yeah, the table? Yeah, I... just you're just you're just okay. rating the overall your your overall opinion on a scale of one to ten of of each guy. Now I, I'm doing this for a reason because obviously eight, even you know seven and a half, eight higher is, is considered really good. So I, I think we're going to be surprised how many high numbers we have in this 30-man uh, rumble. So do you have a piece of pen and paper in front of you? I do now, my friend. Uh, what I like to do is I like to write down each number, and then 
we don't, we don't have to do it right now, but just try to figure out the average ranking of a number that we give to everyone in that rumble. You, you, you'll, you'll pick it up as we go along. So I'll start with entrant number one, the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Off the top of my head, I'm giving him a solid nine. I'm with you. Solid. That's the number. That's the number I had in my head too. Nine. So what'd you deduct a point for? Or are we not going to dissect it? We're just no, no. We're not going to dissect it. I mean, all right. Let's not dissect it. As we're driving back and forth, we'll 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 get the we'll get the we'll get the hang of it. But we don't have to dissect it. He's definitely a nine. Coco, beware. I'm gonna. Ooh, you're gonna hate me. I'm gonna give him a seven. Me too. Oh, that's nice. All right. I thought I, I thought maybe I had felt I lowballed him. Marty Jannetty. This one pains me because I'm such a huge Marty Jannetty fan, but he had so much untapped potential. I got to drop him to a six. Okay. I was going to give him a seven. I expected so much from Marty. Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, my word. I was thinking about deducting a point because he didn't have the greatest body in the business, but I don't care. He made up for it. I'm going to give him a 10. He's a, he's a 10 for me, too. I think the next two are, are gimmies. The next two, I'm, I'm a, and I'm sure you're going to do this, so I'm going to say 10 on each one just so we can save a little time. Number five is Randy Savage, and number six is Roddy Piper. They're both two tens. Let's go. Let's go through number 10, and then let's take a break because we got a caller on hold, and then we're going to continue because yeah. I'm, I'm digging this. Yeah, so we got uh, – the fifth was Savage. We're going to give him a 10. Uh, sixth is Piper. We're going to give him a 10. Uh, number seven was the Warlord. Gosh, the Warlord, such an incredible-looking physical specimen, powerful. Yeah, I'm going to give him a six. I, yeah. I, that's the number I had in mind for him as well. Yeah. I think number eight is another gimme, uh, Bret Hart. That's a 10. Yeah, that's a 10 for me, too. Uh, this is an interesting one. Number nine, Bad News Brown. Yeah, that is interesting. He could talk. He could work. He just never really got a huge push. I'd put him in about the same category as a Coco Beware. I'll give him a seven. Yeah, I was going to say seven and a half just because he had right. that little – Yeah, he, he was on the loop for a little bit with Hogan on top on the house shows yep. and a lot of stuff. I'll give him a seven and a half. And then uh, number 10, and then we'll go to the next call. I'm, I'm sure we'll be agreeing on this one, too. Uh, number 10 is Dusty Rhodes. That's a 10. Yep. All right, so we, we, we yeah. rated the first 10, and look at how I high all those numbers are. The, very high. Very high. One, two, three, four, five tens in the first 10 entrances into the Royal Rumble. I can't wait to see where the other 20 take us. But first, it's time. It's time. It's time. For Toto with Tom. Toto with Tom, welcome back to the program. Hey, I want to play that game. Ask me what I think of Bret Hart. What do you think of Bret Hart? <laughs> I feel a little I give, Steve Austin coming I out. Give him, I give him a 40. Oh, okay. I love it. Yeah, I thought he was good. going the other way. Toto with Tom's a Hitman fan. All good. I love it. What is what is it, Toto with Tom, about Brett the Hitman Hart that makes him a forty in your eyes? Goes without saying, his wrestling ability, uh, his work rate, uh, his look, and later on in life, he learned how to cut a promo, and uh, he did it for as long as he could in the WWE. Fourteen years, he was on top, held the title five times, uh, which at the time tied Hulk Hogan for most title reigns at a time when that actually meant something. Um, and he never hurt anybody. You know, he never hurt anybody in the ring. And, and that goes a long way in this industry. And, uh, you know, he, he also was the first, I think, to ever be a hero in one country and, mm. and then be a heel in another, like everywhere else in, in North America. He was a heel back in the late 90s. Very interesting character. Very, very good points. Uh, an icon in the world of wrestling. In this particular rumble, he comes in number eight. He lasts just over 16 minutes before getting eliminated by Dusty Rhodes, so not a bad showing 
for Bret Hart before he kind of gets the rocket strapped to him here. He's kind of still on the road to finding his own single success. But, Tom, I'm interested. What's your feeling about the 1990 Royal Rumble? I didn't really have – I don't really remember too much about it, to be honest with you. It have, I haven't seen it in, over th- in about 30 years. Um, I just remember the end where Hogan and Warrior were clotheslining each other. Um, I know it wasn't a great uh, rumble for Shawn Michaels. He only lasted about 10 seconds, which was interesting yep. because that became his playground, so to speak, in later years. You know, he would draw one and, you know, win the entire Royal Rumble. He's won it a, a few times and always a great performer. The thing about the Royal Rumble, um, I think what it's uh, – I want to go back to what you were saying before, Jumping Jim. You were saying that uh, Big John Sudden, Hackville, Jim Duggan won the first two, and you didn't consider them stars. And I hear what you're saying, but I also feel that in today's Royal Rumbles, you pretty much know going in who the top two or three are that are going to win it. And I think that's actually a negative in that pay-per-view. I like to see the underdogs. And I think one year – what they should do is have someone that nobody has on their radar win this thing so they understand that anything can happen in the WWE. Uh, There was some talk of uh, Riddle winning this past year's Royal Rumble, but they scrapped it, and I thought that would have been great to push him. Um, He's not so much an underdog, just somebody that you you weren't thinking going into that Royal Rumble, you know, was he going to win? So I think that the first two winners, I have no problem with it. Uh, they were trying to elevate Big John Studd and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey, it didn't work. It didn't work out maybe to the point that they wanted it to. But it is definitely something they need to look back at again. Instead of every year you're like, you know, all right, we know who's – but the problem also is now is that when you win the Royal Rumble, you get a shot at the title. So that, in a sense, actually pigeonholes you into, like, saying, okay, you know, we can't have somebody like Riddle headline WrestleMania. So they might want to rethink that because the first maybe, few Royal Rumble. Maybe, they, maybe, they maybe they, if they booked him, you never know that. He might be he might be one of those guys these days. You never know that. But, yeah, I, I agree with you, though, Tom. You, you do get – you somewhat get pigeonholed into it because if you know – you know, if you know the winner of the Royal Rumble is going to get a title shot at WrestleMania and Titus O'Neil is, and no disrespect Titus O'Neil, I'm just using him as a name, he was in the Royal Rumble, you know, you're probably thinking he's not going to win it. So the element of surprise is you know, somewhat thrown out of the window because of that stipulation. So that's a good point you made. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, let's see. Can we talk about uh, something uh, that's happening? I think, Tommy, you already mentioned it. Uh, it's going to be happening in the town of Totowa. And I want to bring this up because any time there's an event that's named after Totowa Tom, you know that it's going to be talking <laughs> about Totowa Day 3. Totowa Day 3, June 11th, in Totowa. The location, I'm going to give you the street location right now. It's 515 Union Boulevard. It's going to be in the parking lot of in Wells Fargo Bank, which they're going to be demolishing pretty soon. So we pretty much have a playground uh, going on in that parking lot. And I heard you mention before there are going to be food trucks there. That's correct. There's also going to be um, vendors uh, from Totowa. What it is, it's an event where neighbors get together and have good times um there will be a dj there will be live music there will be events um you know for kids there will be events for adults as well there's axe throwing there's mechanical bull riding there's cornhole there is also a beer garden uh that will cost money obviously but the event itself is free but any food you want or you know any uh, alcohol you wish to partake in you, you will have to uh being that this is the third one that we have done, I've always considered Total a Day like WrestleMania. So back in 2018, when we had the idea, we did the first one. It was Total a Day, and it was a huge, huge success. 2019, we had the second one, Total a Day 2. It was even more of a success. Now, unfortunately, the last couple of years, we have not had Total a Day, obvious reasons, pandemic. But I always had in the back of my mind that the third one had to be like WrestleMania 3. 
And that's what we're doing. Total with day three is going to be as big as WrestleMania three in our eyes because ISPW will be at Total with day three. We have a ring that's going to be set up in the center of the parking lot. And we have a few matches. I think the event might go a couple hours, according to what Tommy says. And yeah, it'll it's be, a, be, a, it'll be about a two-hour show. Yeah, it's going to be a continuation of the storyline that we've all been following and loving at ISPW. And uh, I'm very happy to see this happen. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And all the listeners in the local northern or, you know, New Jersey area just in general, South Jersey, Central Jersey, wherever you are, uh, come on down. The event starts at 3 o'clock. And I think the wrestling show is going to start at 6. Yes, sir. Total with Tom's got the inside scoop, Tommy. Well, he's, he's, the, one, he's the one that set it up, so, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's, well, he's it's one his town. He better be setting it up. That's why he's Total with Tom, brother. But, yeah, we're, I'm, exactly. I'm, excited too, I'm excited, too, Tom, because I mentioned at the top of the program, I said, uh, you know, Total was the home of ISW at the ISW Arena, and it's an opportunity to get a ton of new, not, a ton of new eyes on ISPW, and hopefully we convert some of them into fans at the ISPW Arena at the Total PEL going forward. So, yeah, man, we're really excited for that, and we'll make sure to make some good mention of it next Thursday, too, which would be the uh, two days before the Total Day. So, uh, yeah, definitely, man. I'm very, very excited for it. First time that I'm uh, ever partaking in uh, doing a outdoor event like that where, where it's a day for the town. So uh, that's a bucket list item for me. Just like this past weekend, uh, Jay, I don't know if I, I told you, but this past Monday we're, we have a show in Cedar Grove coming up on June the 17th at Cedar Grove High School. It was a, it's a fundraiser for the Cub Scouts. And we actually got to be in the Cedar Grove Memorial Day Parade, which was really, really a cool experience. I've never done anything like that before either. And uh, Danny Morrison, the ISW World Champion, and his opponent for that, show rick recon were marching with uh the the, the scouts so it was real cool man so I, I love i love doing stuff like this that i haven't done before like that parade like doing toto a day and you know my goal is to do as many different things as possible that i haven't done yet in this business and and that's two of them so it's cool hey jumping jay Tommy Fierro may have a key to the total of PAL, but total of Tom has a whole day named after him. And on, and on that note, Jay, <laughs> is that time, speaking of that time key, up for total so, Tom. Time's up to total Jumping Tom. Jim, <laughs> Jumping Jim, listen to this. Speaking hey, ahead, of Jim. that key, speaking of the key to the total of PAL, I had to get a first-hand look at it. So a couple of weeks ago. I drove up to the Wrestling Collector just to see what it looked like. And when I walked into the store, um, Tommy was a little taken aback because I had a Wrestling 80s podcast T-shirt on. And I said, well, hey, I mean, you know, I know it's your show, but you've got the key to my building. So I think it's fair play. There you go. There's only two guys walking God's green earth that's wearing uh, 80s wrestling the podcast t-shirts. One of them's me and the other one is Total with Tom. And I got a bone to pick with you real quick, by the way, jumping Jack. So this, so Total with Tom walks into my store last week with the 80s wrestling podcast shirt on. And I said, how do you have one? And I don't, but uh, Tom, I forgot. Jay did send me one a while ago and I, I forgot. So I wanted to correct myself. On the air, Jay. I was mad that you didn't send me one or bring one for me, but you gave me one a long time ago. Did I really? Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, guys, no, you I'm didn't. You didn't. I was waiting that. I was waiting for you to say that so I could put you in your place. How does he get a wrestling, <laughs> how does he get an 80s wrestling podcast shirt? But I don't. I'll, I'll, you, you're, you're coming I'll tell you how. Shirt. I don't know. Both of you guys. You're coming to New Jersey to visit me at 80s Wrestling Con. So you're yes. packing your stuff. You're packing your fan. Oh, wait, look, look, this is a good idea. Let me get, let me get total with Tom in 80s Wrestling, but, but not me. It's, it's one of those deals where total with Tom said, hey, I like your shirt. 
I said, what size are you? He said his size. I happen to have a shirt in that size with me. And so I gave him the shirt, not off my back, but from in my bag. I'm, I'm just I'm just teasing. But you like, you like how I set you up for that, didn't I? You did. I was like, I don't remember. Uh, I, <laughs> exactly. I, I had them made just for the con, but I will send you one in your size, Tommy. And I owe you an ISPW NWO style shirt that I was rocking uh, that night as well. So I'll have to send you a couple of those. Awesome. Well, Tom, as always, so, brother, Tom, before, so Tom, before we let you go, Tom, I just got to know, what, how much was Tommy selling the key to Totowa for at his store? Was there a price on it? That's priceless, brother. <laughs> priceless. Good answer. Yeah, it was great. It was a great event. I don't know if you guys want to touch on that or not because you didn't have a show last week, but maybe Tommy can speak about it at the end. Um, I know he posted it on social media. Um, there's actually a lot to go into, and I'm sure Tommy can mention it. But, yeah, no, we were all tickled that uh, he was presented with the key. We also enjoyed um, him in the ring talking with the, the heavyweight champion, Danny Morrison. Um, we're, we're, we're very happy with ISPW and what they do uh, in Totowa, as well as all the other surrounding towns. And ISPW is getting a following because we're hearing from other towns that they want to know more about it and they want to get involved with it as well. They want to get a little, they want a little brush with greatness, as I like to say. So uh, hopefully some bigger things in the horizon for ISPW and 80s wrestling podcast too. I think Jumping Jay, you should send a few shirts over uh, to us. Maybe we can sell them at Totowa Day. I know we have some really cool shirts. I showed Tommy the design for it. The really cool shirts for Totowa Day 3 that we're going to be selling. Um, you know, maybe you can mention what those are on social media as well, uh, as well as the podcast. Maybe we'll even sell them on the podcast. I don't know how that works. But uh, I'm going to get off and uh, have a great weekend, guys. Thanks. You too, man. Total with Tom. Never fails to deliver. We'll have to see if we got a spike in the ratings for that last segment. I know he watches that very <laughs> closely. Big things. Business is picking up for ISPW. The summer of 2022. I love it. Summer of slams. Summer of slams. Yeah. <laughs> well, or maybe the, we got maybe about the summer of ISPW. I think. Oh, I think it is. I think it's the year of ISPW. To be honest with you, I think the ball is just going to keep rolling and rolling and growing and getting bigger. We got about 15 minutes left. Let's play some more of your game, Tommy, and then let's talk a little bit more about ISPW because I know there were some highlights from your last show. I caught them on social media, saw a few video clips, big things, big announcements. But let's finish up our talk about the Royal Rumble with the next 20 participants. We're rating them 1 through 10 on Tommy's. I don't know wrestling rankings. Let's see. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna do, we're gonna do the, 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 the following twenty a different way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read all twenty of them to you, all twenty to you. You fire at me your numbers. Don't even get time to think. Your first number that comes to your head, and you do the same to me. You have to list up for to do it back to me or no? I do. So you're just okay. right, my. So when you say number eleven, do I give you my ranking, or you're gonna list them all, and then I'm gonna no, list no, all I'm my gonna, rankings? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the person's name and, and the quick, the first number that comes out of your head. Give me. So not give you the reason, to... just give you the number. Yeah, and then you, you can do it back it. to me just, just to see your initial, your initial number you give. Andre the Giant. Ten. The Red Rooster. I'll, I'll give Terry Taylor an eight. Really? I'm not giving the Red Rooster a ranking. Okay, well, Axe and Smash, they're, they're separate, but put them together. Demolition. They're tens. Come on. Haku. I'll give him a nine. Akeem. I love him. We'll give him a seven. Jimmy Snuka. We'll give him a nine. Dino Bravo. He is the strongest man. We'll give him a six. The Canadian Earthquake. Ooh, yeah. Big man could move. Let's give him an eight. Jim Neidhart. He was, yeah, we'll give him a seven. All right. Ultimate. Are you ready, Tommy? Oh, I was going to read the other time. Oh, you're going all the way? I thought you were doing I'm going all the way with you, brother. All right. Here we go. Woo. Take a breath. The ultimate warrior. I'll give him a nine. Rick Martell. 
We'll give him an eight. Tito Santana. Give him an eight. Honky Tonk Man. We'll give him an eight. Hulk Hogan. We got to give him a 10. Shawn Michaels. Got to give him a 10. The Barbarian. We got to give him, I love him, but we'll give him a six. Rick Rude. Man, I'm going to give him a 10. Hercules. Hercules Hernandez. Give him a six. Six? Six. What's the heat with Hercules? I'm just kidding. Uh, Mr. <laughs> he, was either, he was either bright white or red. The man couldn't get a tan, and you got to be tan to be on top, baby. Whoa, I like that. That's a, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like a shirt. What? You got to be tan to be on top. <laughs> you got to be on tan gonna, to be I'm on gonna, top. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that line and give it to Danny Morrison. <laughs> hey, in the parade, sun's out, guns out. Don't think uh, Danny Morrison wasn't getting a tan at that parade. He sure was. He sure was. Yeah, the right to bear arms, brother. All right, give me the 30th person here. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Minnesota, give him a 10. All right, Tommy, I'm going to run it back to you. Are you ready? Ready. Andre the Giant. 10. The Red Rooster. 7. Axe from Demolition. We'll do them together, Axe and Smash. We'll do, we'll do I'm, Demolition. I'm, I'm huge Demolition, guys. I got to give them a 10. All right, Haku. Seven and a half. All right, I like the point system. Akeem from the deepest, darkest parts of Africa. Jimmy Superfly Snooker, your WrestleMania couch buddy. Ten. All right, Dino Bravo. At one time in the early 80s, he was the hottest guy in wrestling. Listen, the only reason, what did I give him, a nine? And the only reason I deducted a point is when he got fired up, he wasn't the easiest guy to understand. Oh, no, I know. I'm just going overall, though. I think he's one of the – he's a gigantic name. Absolutely, he is. Dino Bravo. Seven. Oh, you better hope uh, we don't get calls from Canada next. Uh, the Canadian Earthquake. Later to Eight. become just the Earthquake. Eight. Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Seven and a half. The Ultimate Warrior. Ten. Rick the Model Martel. Eight. Arriba, Tito Santana. Eight. The greatest intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Nine. The immortal Hulk Hogan. 3,000. HBK Shawn Michaels. Ten. The Barbarian. Seven and a half. Ravishing Rick Rude. Ten. The mighty Hercules. I'll give him seven and a half. I'm going to give him a six like you did. Listen, I got, uh, you know my beef with Hercules. How about <laughs> Mr. Perfect? What's the perfect number? One to ten. Let's do it. Ten. All right, so I'm going to add up. I think keep track of your numbers, but I kept track of mine. Well, they're pretty similar anyway. You can do it. Add them all up and then divide by 30. You're going to do, right? Thank you for the math lesson, Tommy. The New Jersey school system <laughs> paying off. Hey, you're, you're, you're a little feisty <laughs> with me today, brother. Huh? So, uh, easy, man. The, the average score on this side of the microphone came out 30 people went into this Royal Rumble matchup. My average score came out to an 8.5, which is incredibly high. Yours is going to be a little higher because you bumped up uh, a couple of people that I did not. You bumped up Hercules, of course. You uh, gave, I think, the Honky Tonk Man a 10, where I gave him a 9. I gave him a 9. So you're, yeah. Oh, you gave him a 9? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Who else did I give? Yeah, Hercules, you bumped up. Um, the Barbarian, I think you had higher than me. You're just a fan of power guys. I'm figuring that out. Uh, so, yeah, 8.5 to 9 is probably both of our averages in that range. When when you think about 30 guys in that ring to have an average score between 8.5 and, and 9 out of 10, incredible. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I only did that for a reason because if you if you went to like last year's Royal Rumble or this past year's Royal Rumble and and you added them up, I mean the number, no disrespect, but the number would be a lot lower. I I, I think it would be. No, it would be a lot lower. And then you even have years where they struggle to fill 30 spots. So they end up getting guys that either A, you've never heard of, or B, are way past their prime. In this one, everybody we listed, you could make an argument that they're still in that sweet spot of their career. Obviously, you guys, you got guys like Andre the Giant, who is on uh, the decline, but he's still the ta- one half of the tag team champions at this time. So sure. he's still red hot. Uh, in the booking. And so, yeah, that gives a good idea of just how popular wrestling was at that time and how good um, of characters we had. Now I will tell you this, I'm a big powers and glory fan. I think Hercules, when he teamed up with Paul Roma, I think those guys could have done more uh, than they did. Um, So I don't have heat with Hercules. You just got to be tanned to be on top. (laughs) That's, that's, that's one of the new catchphrases on the show. Heat with Hercules. (laughs) <laughs> and you got to be tanned to be on top. You got to be tanned to be on top. I love, I love that. I'm stealing that. Steal that. Take that. All right. <laughs> Closing moments. Give me a moment. We didn't even talk about a lot of the undercard, but give me something. Obviously, Warrior Hogan is the biggest memory from this 1990 Royal Rumble. Is there anything else that you think is noteworthy that you want to say before we close up? Yeah, just just the the, the dark match of, of that Royal Rumble was interesting when it was you just mentioned the uh, Paul Roma against the Brooklyn Brawler. That was the dark match of the 1990 Royal Rumble, and then uh, we, as you mentioned, the Bushwhackers took on the Fabulous Rougeos, uh, Brutus Beefcake, and the Genius had a double DQ. Ronnie Garvin and Greg Valentine a submission match. Now leading up to that uh, submission match, I was actually at a Madison Square Garden show, and I, I, I know I mentioned this in one of the past episodes, I caught Ronnie Garvin's towel in Madison Square Garden against Greg Valentine's. So that was right before this this match. So uh, that was a heated feud, brother, Ronnie Garvin and Greg Valentine. And uh, Jim Duggan uh, was also in a singles match against the big boss man. He beat him by disqualification. Overall, I mean, a, a crazily, 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 Super stack show, uh, angles being furthered, whether it would have been with uh, Roddy Piper and Bad News Brown, uh, I believe Big Boss Man and uh, Ted DiBiase. Um, and there, there's a lot of moving parts in this in this Royal Rumble. And uh, I, again, I, I can't stress enough how impressive it is to see them do so many different stories within the story itself, and it all come off pretty much to a T perfectly. And uh, back then, man, the, these, these Royal Rumbles were um, booked to perfection. They really, really were. And uh, Pat Patterson, who I believe was in charge uh, of booking them at the time, deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, these, are, these are the best Royal Rumbles ever. Um, and they probably will remain for a, a very, very long time. But yeah, man, overall, really good show. Fun talking about it. Fun playing that little game. And uh any idea what you want to do for a topic next week or you want to wing it or? I don't have a topic off the top of my head. I'll come up with one. I'll let you know. I'll tell you what I'm looking at right now, Tommy. Okay. Is I'm looking at this Royal Rumble from 1990, which we're just finishing the show on. Okay. Let me see if I can find where I was. I'm going to name some names. Okay. Cause I think this is very cool and it just dawned on me now. Okay. Okay. Every, these are people that were part of this show, part of the uh, Royal Rumble 1990. Jesse Ventura, Earl Hebner, Paul Roma, the Brooklyn Brawler, Bushwhacker Luke, the fabulous Rougeos, Greg Valentine, Ted DiBiase, Coco Beware, Jake Roberts. Do you get what I'm doing here? At Smash. Yeah, I, I, I do. You're, you're, you're naming Haku. everyone that was just at this past 80s wrestling con, aren't you? That's insane, man. When you look back <laughs> yeah, at is. the star power that was at this show and to think they were at your show three and a half weeks ago, that's cool, yeah, man. man. Yeah, you know what? I never stop and think of it like that. You see, when you're... Man. 
when you're in, when you're in the trenches doing it, you don't think of stuff like that. But when you stop like right now and and think about it, like you just said, yeah, man, it's 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 really cool. There is you might be in double digits of guys that were in this pay per view that were at your last '80s wrestling con, which is amazing, Tommy. Take a moment oh, and, and celebrate that. Pop a Monster Energy drink when the show is done and sit back. <laughs> You know what, brother? I think I'm going to do that, man. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think I'm going to do exactly that. Uh, until uh, until uh, next week, I hope everyone has a, a great weekend. It's going to be a, a fun-filled weekend in New Jersey. My daughter's uh, dance recital is uh, this Sunday, so we're looking forward to that. Yesterday was her sixth birthday, so happy birthday, Emily. She's six happy years old. Birthday. Her, 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 her little kid party is going to be on Saturday, and then Sunday is her dance uh, recital, so uh, no wrestling this weekend, which I'm more than happy for. Is, have you gotten into any of the daddy-daughter dances yet? Do they do that? No, no, not yet, man. I can't wait, though. All right. Well, when that when that happens, man, you'll have to send a, send a video this way, because I'd love to see you two-stepping with your daughter. <laughs> I'd like to see you two-stepping, big man. <laughs> I got two left feet, buddy. I ain't two-stepping nowhere. <laughs> All right, man. Well, until next week, Jay, I hope you and your family have a great weekend, everyone at home. Enjoy your weekend, and we will catch you back here next Thursday with another action-packed, body-slamming episode of 80s Wrestling, the podcast.